0: Would you stand with me as we get ready to dive into worship and we will take a moment and pray just invite the Lord to continue to be in our midst this morning. Would you bow your heads with me? Lord, we do thank you so much for all the moms in the room here on campus, up the patio in the loft, those watching online. God, would you just bless them this morning? Would you fill their cup? them feel a little bit uh, spoiled today and loved on in just extra special ways for all the ways that they love us unconditionally every day of the year <laughs> and lord i do lift up anyone this morning who maybe this is a difficult day and anyone whose heart is a little bit aching maybe missing a mom who's no longer with us or maybe have a strained relationship whatever it might be god would you meet us in the midst be our loving father this morning just welcome you to come into our hearts today to fill us with your Holy Spirit. Just to envelop us in your arms of love today. So we put our hope in you, Jesus, in your unfailing love for each and every one of us. So we come to worship you, to set our hearts, our attention, our affection on our Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. My hope is built on nothing less
1: than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but holy trust in Jesus' name. i sing that again. Christ alone Cornerstone We
2: great place to be, Lord, totally surrendered. Totally in need of you. Totally excited about you. Totally ready for you, Lord. God, I I pray that we would see surrender as that place of strength. place of victory. A place of joy. God, I pray that we would let go of things that are burdensome to us, things that we can't control anyway, things that we're trying to control. God, I pray that uh, we'd be surrendered and uh, just excited about what you want to do today and let today's troubles be enough for the day, Lord. Bless the moms here today. Thank you so much for the immeasurable blessing that moms are to us to our in our culture and our community and this church we we honor you lord and we thank you for our moms and i, I pray praise already has already been prayed lord that they would just feel blessed and just really enjoy the day today and pray that we the rest of us we do a great job honoring and pampering and spoiling those mamas in our midst lord and we just thank you lord Thank you, Lord. Thank you for what you're doing. We ask, God, that you would speak to us now through this message in Hebrews chapter 11, Lord, that it would just be life-giving, that it would be precisely what we need for the stuff that we're walking through and experiencing, Lord, that it would just be a fun, good, and helpful message, life-giving message, we pray, Lord. In Jesus' name, Jesus' name, Amen, amen, you can be seated. You can be seated, welcome. Happy Mother's Day, happy Mother's Day. Well, we're taking a break from our first Timothy study, so um, we're gonna be in Hebrews chapter 11. We're talking about faith this week. Last week, we talked about miracles in light of especially this new uh, building that we've leased over at 102 West Branch. And uh, today, we're talking about Faith and how it activates everything in God's kingdom. Faith activates everything in God's kingdom. That's the title of our message, and it's the focus of our message, and it's really the reality of our faith as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, think about it. we, we were saved by God because we put our faith in him, in his ability to save us, to forgive us, to cleanse us, and to adopt us into his family. So by faith, we experience salvation, a new life in him. And then by faith, we pray to this God that's invisible. We can't see him. We can sense him, and we know that he's real, and we know that his word is real. So we can sense something in our spirit that God is real, but he's invisible. And so by faith, we pray. And then by faith, we have great expectations of a great God. And I would say we need to have great expectations because we serve a great and powerful and all sufficient God. And so everything is activated in Christianity in God's kingdom by faith. Without faith, we're going to read here in just a little bit or talk about without faith, it's impossible to please God. And we need to believe that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So we're going to talk about how faith activates everything in God's kingdom, and we're gonna answer the question, what is biblical faith? What does that look like? And hopefully at the end of the message, we're gonna have some clarity about faith and what that means for our lives because it's it's not something that just a select few experience or are expected to operate in. It's actually for the church. Every one of us young young and old, everybody's expected to operate by faith. And we see that in the Old Testament as we look at he, heroes of faith and as we're continuing to teach, we're gonna see God's example uh, through these heroes of faith. And we're, we, we can actually read about them and then mimic and, and copy their behavior and become the people that God has called us to be. So what is biblical faith? Hebrews 11, one says this, faith shows faith shows the reality of what we hope for it is the evidence of things we cannot see hope for cannot see both invisible faith is the reality of those things faith shows us the reality of what we hope for it is the evidence of things we cannot see the living bible paraphrase says this in hebrews 11:1 it says what is faith it is the confident assurance And this is the kind of uh, attitude that we should have before the living God, this confident assurance as we walk this life of faith that God is up to something and he's gonna do something in us and with us and through us. It is the confident assurance that something we want is going to happen. So if you ever been in the place, I know you have, if you've been walking with the Lord for even a day or a week or a month or 10 years or 50 years, God puts something of vision within us that requires faith. Maybe maybe you're praying for a relationship, maybe you're praying for a family member, maybe you're praying for resources, maybe you're praying for a job. Whatever it is, God has placed something in us that allows us to operate in this place of faith. We're saying, God, I don't know how this is going to happen. I think about the people of Israel coming out of Egypt after slavery and there was no path before them. They come up against the sea, and so God, the scripture says, made a way where there was no way. There is no path forward until God opens up the sea and gives us the path forward. What is faith? It's the confident assurance that something we want is going to happen. It is the certainty that what we hope for is waiting for for us, even though we cannot see it up ahead. Someone said a weak faith, a weak faith is weakened by predicament and catastrophes, whereas a strong faith is strengthened by them. So where's your faith today? Is your faith strengthened by difficulty, by challenges in your life, or is it weakened? I would say that God wants to strengthen your faith on every level. Now, like most of us, we have faith in some areas of our life, but not so much in other areas of our life. Some areas we have just like either no faith or just a very little bit of faith. If if we even have a mustard seed of faith, we can do amazing things. We move mountains, the scripture says. So God will use the tiniest bit of faith in our lives when we step into it and out of obedience and trust in God, exercise that faith and do what he's asked us to do, wonderful and supernatural things will happen. But we've gotta step into it. The people of Israel needed to step into the water. They needed to move forward before the water actually opened up and they were able to pass through on dry land. And that's what we see. We see God requiring us to take a step of faith before, before we actually see the answers see the provision before we actually receive what he has for us he's actually calling us into a place of faith a weak faith is weakened by predicament and catastrophes whereas a strong faith is strengthened by them through their faith verse 2 hebrews eleven two. 2 through their faith the people in days of old earned a good reputation there's something about the kingdom of God, when we see people within the kingdom of God exercising faith, they earn a good reputation. Why, because they're, they're doing stuff for God. They believe God and they're actually stepping into the, his supernatural plans for their life. And so we honor and we esteem those who have faith because it's those people with faith who are doing the things that God has called them to do. But listen, it's not for special people, it's for all of us. God has called all of us to be people of faith so that we might step into those supernatural plans that he's called us to. So whatever it is that's stirring within your life, within your soul, begin to step into it, even if you've only got a little bit of confidence. We, as we thought about 102, we've been thinking about for months. When I I say 102, that's the new worship space over there. So just for ease of saying that, we're gonna call it 102 for now. But it's the new worship space. When we started thinking months ago, probably more than months ago, maybe over a year ago, we started thinking about what, where do we grow from here? What do we do from here? What, what's next for us? And so we started looking at spaces. We looked at a few spaces. There's a space over here. It's just too small for us. And then this space at 102 came available, and we thought, well, this is, this is kind of impossible. I mean, we, we can't afford it. It's gonna take a ton of money for renovations. It's really, it's not doable. But, but we begin to exercise just a little bit of faith. And so I made a phone call, and I called Dr. Uh, Dr. John Hayashi. I said, John, I said, we'd like to look at your space. We're a church. We'd like to make it a worship center. What do you think? He said, yeah, come on, down, We'll take a look at it. He said, he said it's no problem. The city's gonna let you in there. I said, okay, well, we'll see what happens. So well, I called the city, and the city said, nope. <laughs> the city said, we're not allowing any new churches in the downtown village core. I said, is that legal? And they said, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> I said, well, it's actually illegal, because I had a letter in my possession from uh, an attorney from Pacific Justice Institute who wrote me a five-page letter citing law and, and uh, other cases where... The courts overturned a decision to prohibit churches from being in downtown village core area type areas. And so I said, Hey, uh, Patrick, this is one of the planners down in the village or in the city. I said, Hey, can I send you this letter that I have for my attorney? He said, Yeah, send it over. This was a Friday. He said, Send it over. I said, and, and and we'll have our city attorney tech, you know, take a look at it. So I sent it over to him on Friday afternoon. Monday morning, I get a letter back from the, vill- uh, the city of Rio Grande and they said, hey, your attorneys with PJI, Pacific Justice Institute, are accurate in their assessment of this space. We are ready to move forward. All you need is a uh, just a use permit uh, and we can accommodate your needs in the village. So what seemed impossible God, threw a five-page letter from an attorney, turned around, (laughs) and made possible for us. But then we're thinking, can we afford it? Can we move forward? But by God's grace, we've just begun to take steps in that direction. And so when I said that God never really shows you the picture until you step into it, God has begun to show us the picture. So I was... um, uh, I got a bid for, because we have to put fire sprinklers in that building over there. And uh, the out, the underground, were, so we, this you have to tie into the city's water main. It's a big deal. You have to cut into the streets and sidewalks and all that sort of thing. So it was a big deal. A friend of mine gave me a price of $30,000 for that job. And this is a friend of mine. So he was like, hey, this is the good guy price. There's, it's $30,000. So. I'm like, uh, kind of lamenting the price and wondering where that money's going to come from. And then I'm talking in a circle of friends after church last Sunday, and a guy who I know does underground work uh, said, hey, I do that kind of work. I said, you, you do that kind of work? I, I know you do underground stuff, but I didn't realize you do that kind of work. And he said, yeah, that's actually what we do most of the time. We do that kind of work. We tie into the city's water main, and we, we put in check valves and that sort of thing. He said, I'll just do it. I'll just take care of it for you. So I called him up a couple days later and I said, Hey, what did you mean when you said, I'll just do it? (laughs) I said, how much is this going to cost us? He said, well, have I ever charged you for anything in the past? And the answer is no, he's never charged us for anything in the past. So we'll probably have to buy some, you know, you know, materials and that sort of thing. But that went away. Um, I needed, we need a ton of electrical work done in the space. And so I'm Um, At the space at 102 on Friday, and I decided to walk over to Village Grill for a sandwich. I get a big old burger with greasy, all kinds of goodness on it. So while I'm over there, I run into a guy and his family from the church. And he said, hey, do you need any electrical work done at the the (laughs) new building? I said, yeah, but it's big commercial stuff. It's going to require a ton of work. Are you up for that kind of work? He said, we do it all the time. It's no big deal. He said, I'll just, me and my son will go in there and we'll just do it we'll just do it. So the electrical is taken care of. Um, I got a, a painter who's taking care of the painting. It may cost us a little bit for the paint, but electrical, um, we're getting a good deal on the underground. We have got a great deal on the fire sprinklers on the inside of the building, great deal on HVAC. I'm missing something. There was something else that I was going to throw in there. But God, what, what we're seeing is we stepped out and said, okay, Lord, this is what we want to do. This is what we feel called to do. And we prayed about it. So don't just Ready, fire, aim. Think about what you're doing and get some confirmation from the Holy Spirit. Think through what you're doing. You know, don't be reckless. God will show you, but then He'll He'll bring confirmation to and, and affirmation to you about things that you feel called to do. And maybe, maybe it takes weeks or months or years before things come to fruition, but God will, will show you what to do. So I had talked about it with my staff and elders and we prayed about it and you know th- thought about it and all that sort of thing. And finally, that's when we decided to move forward. So it wasn't like ready, fire, aim. It was like, man, is this what the Lord has for us? And that's when we felt like together, unified, that we feel like the Lord's got this for us. So through their faith, the people of old, in days of old, uh, earned a good reputation. By, by faith, back to Hebrews 11:3, by faith we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command. The, the entire universe was formed at God's command. That what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. So often what we do is we, we hear in our spirit, all right, so don't, don't allow your head to get in the way of what God is saying in your spirit. Now, God has given us a brain and we think through everything and we budget for stuff and we figure stuff out. But don't let your head get in the way of what God is speaking to you in your spirit. Because We you know what happens in your head. I talked about this last week, I think. In your head, you argue with God. Um, in your head, you are fearful, anxious, nervous, you can't see it in your head. You're disobedient to God, but in your spirit, when you know in your soul, like in your guts that God has called you to do something and you step into it, that's where the victory comes. That's where the provision comes. That's where God shows up with amazing miracles when we just, with that mustard seed of faith, step into it. Listen, if you can speak the universe into existence by, the, the word, by just speaking it, often what we'll do is we'll look at the raw material of our lives, our ability, our resources, what we can do in the natural, and we dismiss everything that God wants to do. We're like, I know, God, you probably want to do this, but I don't got the money. I don't got the time. I don't got the ability. I don't, I've, it's, I don't have any of that. He said, well, What if I'm calling you to it? What if I've got plans for you and purpose for you? He speaks the universe into existence by his words. I think he can take our rough raw materials or our absent raw materials and do something wonderful with it. He wants to do that with our lives personally and our families and with our church. By faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command, that what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. Verse four, it was by faith that Abel brought a more acceptable offering to God than Cain did. Abel's offering gave evidence that he was a righteous man and God showed his approval of his gifts. Although Abel, is, although Abel is long dead, he still speaks to us by his example of faith. He's long dead but we're still talking about Abel and his faith. Let's look at the story about Cain and Abel in Genesis chapter four. Some of the slides are messed up. We're gonna go into Genesis now, but then we're gonna go back to Hebrews. I think some of them say Genesis when they should say Hebrews. I'll try to keep you up to speed on that. Here we go. Genesis chapter four, verses one through five. Now Adam had sexual relations with his wife Eve, and she became pregnant. When she gave birth to Cain, she said, with the Lord's help, I have produced a man. Later she gave birth to his brother and named him Abel. When they grew up, Abel became a shepherd while Cain cultivated the ground. When it was time for the harvest, Cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. The ESV says in verse three, in the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruits of the ground. So it seems like from the context of what we're reading about, because Hebrews 11 is all about faith, people's exercise of faith in the scripture. And so in that context, through that lens, we need to interpret what is happening here with Cain and Abel. I think, and it seems from the text, that Cain brought an offering, but he brought it in his own timing, and he brought, it seems whatever is left over from his crops. So he brought his offering, but it was in his own timing, and whatever was left over from his crops. It says he brought some of his crops. Abel, on the other hand, brought the best portion of the firstborn lambs from his flock. So Abel brought the first and the best it appears that Cain brought, whenever he felt like it, whatever was left over. Genesis 4.4 4 says, Abel also brought a gift, the best portion of the firstborn lambs from his flock. The Lord accepted Abel and his gift, but he did not accept Cain and his gift. This made Cain very angry and he looked dejected. Abel brought his first and best, Cain brought, whenever it was convenient for him, whatever was left over. That's the difference, and that's why God received Abel's offering, and he did not receive Cain's offering. We either bring God the best and the first, or we bring God our leftovers. There's no middle ground there. We either bring God the best and first, or we bring him our leftovers, and we see how it worked out for Cain and Abel. The story is highlighted in the Hall of Faith because it's a story about faith. It was Abel's faith that allowed him to bring his first and his best. He wanted to honor God by faith with his first and his best. He wanted to make sure God was honored and worshiped with his giving before he did anything else. It seems like Cain's offering was given once everything else was kind of taken care of. Whenever he kind of felt like it, he gave his offering whatever it was that was left over. Abel's offering was given in faith. Cain's gift was given as a leftover. God accepted Abel's offering and rejected Cain's. Essentially, Abel's offering was given by faith. Cain's was not. So when we ask you to give toward a project like this or whatever, we want it to be done out of faith. In fact, the Bible says he he desires a joyful giver. So hold on to your resources until you're ready to give it joyfully. And then give whatever you wanna give as the Lord leads. Uh, I believe uh, 10% is the beginning. some would argue that's an Old Testament principle. I think it's a through and through principle. Um, so give whatever the Lord would ask you to give. We're selling chairs and squares. Not really selling them, but that's a, that didn't sound right. We're, we're, we got chairs and squares available for this new space. So a chair is a chair, and a square is a square. Square footage of flooring, so that's kinda what we're, we're giving people an opportunity to enter into this prog- this, this process, this faith process by buying a chair and a square. So we had this gal in our church who uh, said, I wanna buy not only for me, but I wanna buy for my kids and my grandkids who attend the church. So I think there's six of them. So she bought six chairs and six squares. So I thought, what a great idea. I've got a clan of 12 here, so maybe I'll buy 12 squares and 12 chairs for my clan. And I had this idea and then I shared it with Jolene and I haven't gotten your read on that yet. Well, we'll talk, we'll talk. That's just an idea. We'll talk. The idea is to create opportunity for all of us to enjoy what God has called us into. This is the beauty of God in his kingdom, is he actually invites us, people, into his kingdom work so that we can be blessed through the process and grow in our faith through the process. And somebody said, you know, if we buy a chair, do we get our name on it? And no, unless you wanna mark it with a marker underneath the chair, that would be fine, but um, no no names on the chairs most likely and uh, so we're just gonna move forward believing that God will provide for everything. Number one, faith gives the best and first of everything. Number two, faith changes the way we live. Back to Hebrews chapter 11 verse five, it says it was by faith, that Enoch was taken up to heaven without dying. He disappeared because God took him. For before he was taken up, he was known as a person who pleased God. And it is impossible to please God without faith. So we know that Enoch was a man of faith because it says that he pleased God. And it is impossible actually to please God unless we're operating with faith. And so. We know that Enoch was a man of faith, and it says anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists. That's a faith belief, and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. So we believe that he exists, and he is a rewarder of those who sincerely seek him. Faith changes the way that we live. Enoch's faith pleased God. And God God was pleased with him because of his faith. And Enoch believed God existed. And Enoch sincerely sought after God. And then God just took him. Let's take a look. Genesis 5, 21 through 24. When Enoch had lived 65 years, he fathered Methuselah. Enoch walked with God after he fathered Methuselah 300 years and had other sons and daughters. Thus, All the days of Enoch were 365 years. Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. Isn't that great? What a cool thing to be so close and intimate with the Lord that he decides one day I'm gonna take you up. You don't have to go through the dying process because that's kind of a bummer. You don't have to die at all. You just get taken up, right? You just get taken up, and all of a sudden you're in the presence of the Lord. Faith changed the way that Enoch lived his life. He lived as a man of faith. We know very little about Enoch except that he was a guy who pleased the Lord. And we can deduce from that that he was a man of faith. He's in the hall of faith, after all, in Hebrews chapter 11. So we know he was a man of faith. We know that he pleased God. And because he pleased God and walked with God, he took him up. He walked with God for 300 years. That's a long time, right? That's That's a long time. That's not like, you know, A flash in the pan, like I'm gonna walk with God for a few weeks, or a few months, or a few years, and he walked with God for 300 years, and God took him, that's faithfulness. That speaks to us that we have the capacity to faithfully walk with God and faithfully please the Lord for hundreds and hundreds of years, should the Lord tarry, although we're not gonna be given that many years, but for all the days of your life faith gives the best and first of everything. Faith changes the way we live and number 3 faith moves people to action. Faith moves people to action. Why? Because faith without works is dead, right? Faith apart from works is not faith at all. Faith always leads people to action, to works because that's how God works in the universe. Hebrews 11:7 It was by faith that Noah built a large boat to save his family from the flood. He obeyed God who warned him about things that had never happened before. (laughs) He obeyed God about things that had never happened before. It had never flooded in the earth before. It had never rained in the earth before. But God warns Noah that a flood is coming a flood is coming. By his faith, Noah condemned the rest of the world, and he received the righteousness that comes by faith. So the length of the boat, the ark, was 300 cubits. A cubit is 18 inches, so the boat was 450 feet long. So it wasn't just this little dinghy, this little raft that he was hoping to navigate the storm with. He built this monstrosity, this this big old 450-foot boat that was 75 feet wide and 45 feet high. So about the, dimen- the dimensions of this property from that wall out there to that wall on the outside of the, you know, those exterior walls all the way up is about 450 by 75 feet. Isn't that interesting? Somebody measured it out a long time ago and we're just going with it. <laughs> 450 feet long, 70 feet wide. It took him roughly 100 years Some would say 120, some would say as few as 80, about 100 years for argument's sake, about 100 years. So sometimes we're like obedient to the Lord for a week and we're like, Lord, where are you? I need you to come through, right? Or we're, we're obedient to the Lord for a month or a year and Noah was obedient to the Lord for 100 years, doing something that people were ridiculing him for because he was in a wicked land He was the only righteous man. He was in a wicked land building a boat where there was no water. How do you get a 450 foot boat to the water? They didn't have cranes, it it was ridiculous, right? It was totally ridiculous, but he did it. Philip Yancey wrote, faith means trusting in advance what will only make sense in reverse. So we read this story, we're like, he builds the boats, the rains come, he survives, right? New life for Noah and his family, right? So it's easy to, you know, we can read through the whole story in a few minutes. But what about the 100 years of building and it, with expectation, believing that God's going to come through, that there's really going to be a rainstorm, that there's really going to be a flood, that really everybody's going to die who's not on the boat. Like he had to believe long term. That's how it is a lot of times as we raise kids. We're raising kids with a long view in mind. We're like, "Man, I got 18, 25 years with these kids. I got a Plug into them. Maybe they're struggling, but man, I got faith for my kids, right? I got faith that they're gonna come through, that they're gonna continue to serve Jesus, and we do it long term. Maybe you're in a long-term marriage and you're like, man, I need faith for my marriage right now. So you just hang in there and you just keep praying and you just keep loving your spouse. You keep serving your spouse. And and in the long run, we'll be we'll see the, the beauty of what God wants to accomplish in those relationships. But We gotta exercise some faith. Faith means trusting in advance what will only make sense in reverse, right? We don't get the, the benefit of the reverse. Number four, faith causes people to trust God with the unknown. Let's talk about Abraham. It was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as his inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going. So he's leaving his home as a 75-year-old dude with a 65-year-old wife going somewhere that the Lord would show him, but he would live there as a man of faith. And even when he reached the land, God promised him he lived there by faith, for he was like a foreigner living in tents. And so did Isaac and Jacob, who inherited the same promise. Faith causes people to trust God with the unknown. Elizabeth Elliot said, true faith goes into operation when there are no answers. Have any unknowns in your life? <laughs> We've all got unknowns. Like, Lord, am I gonna wake up in the morning? We believe by faith that we're gonna wake up in the morning, right? Unknown, no. Am I gonna get my next breath? My So much of life is about faith in the unknown. Oh, there it is, good, okay, it came. Oh, there it is again, okay, good, good. We're not guaranteed that next breath. God gives us the next breath, or he doesn't. But by faith we believe, and by faith we move forward, and and when he's ready to give us our last breath, then we, by faith, move forward into eternal life with him, and, and God's good, and God's faithful. True faith goes into operation when there are no answers. Hebrews 11.10 says, Abraham was confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundations, a city designed and built by God. Number, number five, faith keeps people focused on heaven. Faith keeps people focused on heaven. Abraham, he didn't care where God called him because that's not his end game. God's end, end game for Abraham was eternity. Was with, Abraham would spend eternity with the Lord. So tell me, where to, tell me to go wherever, it doesn't matter. I'm here on this earth for a short time and then I'm with you. So tell me to go wherever. It doesn't matter, right? Because the end game is eternity. His focus was eternity. His focus was on what God had for him. Faith keeps people focused on heaven. Abraham's focus was heaven. His faith in God freed him to live for God in the earth because his main focus was not earthly but heavenly. When our main focus is earth and earthly things, earthly relationships, possessions, when our main focus is the earth, we can't be freed up to do the the eternal things, the heavenly things that God has called us into. So God is always trying to pry our hands off of temporal things, right? He's always trying to pry our hands loose of things that we can't control anyway. (laughs) We can't control most of our life, and so God's trying in his wisdom to get us to loosen our grip and to trust him so that we can be freed up to do what God has asked us to do. Some are so focused, maybe only focused on earthly things that they are bound up. Bound up and afraid to trust God and live with an eternal perspective. If you're bound up and afraid, you're living with a temporal perspective. (laughs) (laughs) That's just the reality. If you're bound up and afraid, you need to shift your focus. Allow God to tell you whatever he wants to tell you, to move you wherever he wants to move you, to direct wherever he wants to direct you because you're living for the king. And ultimately, this is just a, this is just a blink in eternity. This time, it's, just a, it's, it's over in a blink. Over, we were looking at pictures last night. We were celebrating my son's 29th birthday and we were looking at pictures and we said, what were we doing 29 years ago? And now here we are 29 years later. All of those kids that we were having are all grown up. It's just been a blink. 31 years of marriage, just life, just, we're in May, 2021. We're in 2021, 2020, May. <laughs> we could be in 2022 already by now, I don't know. It just goes so quick. Verse 11, it was by faith that even Sarah was able to have a child, though she was barren and was too old. Again, we, we take a, a personal inventory of our lives and say I'm, I, I'm barren, God, I've never had kids and I'm too old. Barren and too old. She was, Sarah was 90 years old when she had her first kid, 90. Got the promise at 60, 65 years old, 25 years later, she has her first. I think I got the math right on that. Sarah was 90 and Abraham Abraham was 100 years old when Isaac was born. She believed that God would keep his promise. She believed that God would keep his promise. And so a whole nation came from this one man who was as good as dead. (laughs) A nation with so many people that like the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore, there is no way to count them. Number six, faith allows people to believe for the impossible. What does God ask you to believe for? What's the impossible that God has asked you to believe for? Has he given you, a, 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 has he burdened you with a dream for your life, for your family? What has God asked you to believe for, the impossible that God has asked you to believe for? For years, uh, decades, over a decade, I've wanted to have a training location a seminary location here between LA and the bay because if you want to go in a seminary you have to go to LA or the bay and that's really your only options inside the state of California so I've always wanted for more than a decade now I've wanted to have a place on the central coast for people to be trained for the ministry so we've attempted to do things over the years just kind of Dipping our foot, in the, our toes in the water. So we've had, you know, Bible school on wheels, which is a certificate program where I think you go through ten classes and you get a certificate. Uh, we're still operating those classes; they're great classes. We also just now are launching. Um, it's called a certificate in life development course uh, certificate program through Western Seminary, and so it's a four-class seminary level. Uh, without all the homework I mean there's still a little bit of homework but it's not for credit so it's not all of the extra you know book reading and writing papers and that sort of thing so but it's a it's a four class certificate program but my long-term goal is to offer a full-blown seminary experience here on the Central Coast so My plan is in the fall, God willing, I'm gonna start another master's program, do a master's in applied biblical leadership with Western Seminary with the end goal of either getting a doctorate in ministry or a PhD so that we can offer Western Seminary courses or some kind of seminary courses here for credit so that I would allow people to get trained, equipped, and released into the ministry. I haven't shared that with very many people, but that's what I am just praying for and I feel in my soul that God wants to do here on the Central Coast. You know, I, you know I, it's been, it won't leave me. It's, it's stuck with me for more than a decade. Uh, so I, I, I'm just believing that God's gonna open the door for that, what is, what is God speaking to you? What is God speaking to you? Faith allows people to believe for the impossible Verse 13. As we wrap up here, all these people died still believing what God had promised them. They did not receive what was promised, but they saw it all from a distance and welcomed it. There may be some things that you you've got that God has put within you that you're to partner with, but you won't see in your lifetime. But future generations will. Future generations will will see and 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 realize those dreams. But you're. All in because of your kingdom perspective. They agree that they were foreigners and nomads here on the earth. Obviously, people who say such things are looking forward to a country they call their own. If they had longed for the country they came from, they could have gone back, but they were looking for a better place, a heavenly homeland. That is why God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Number seven, as we wrap up, faith keeps us believing that God is for us. Do you believe that God is for you? says here that is why God is not ashamed to be called their God because there are people of faith. Faith keeps us believing that God is for us and that he has a plan for our existence in the earth. What is God's plan for your existence in the earth? You're not just here by accident. Do you believe God has a plan for you? Listen if you hear this message you're all of a sudden accountable. You're accountable for your life and how you're gonna live your life before God. This is truth from God's word that he has a plan for you. So now it's your job. Maybe this is the first time you're hearing this. Now it's your job to figure that out and joyfully and faithfully walk that out. God has a plan for you here in the earth. Faith gives the best and first of everything. Faith changes the way we live. Faith moves people to action. Faith causes people to trust God with the unknown. Faith keeps us focused on heaven. Faith allows people to believe for the impossible. And faith keeps us believing that God is for us and that he has a plan for our existence here in the earth. We'll pick it up in Hebrews eleven seventeen next week. Just to be clear... We're moving our worship center over there, but we're gonna be utilizing all of the space. It's a one minute walk from here to there. So we'll still be parking where we park. There's still, there's additional parking over there, but we'll mostly be parking where we park. We'll be dropping off our kids where they get dropped off, although we'll have a couple classrooms over there for nursery and um, for uh, mother's room and that sort of thing. But mostly it'll be Uh, just normal, drop off your kids here, you walk a minute over there and we have church and you walk a minute back and that's where it goes. I think we're probably gonna give this sanctuary to the youth ministry. Someone said, they're gonna destroy our our sanctuary. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well we're not here for buildings, right? We're not here for buildings. We're here for kingdom stuff, for souls. And if we can add young people's soul to the to the kingdom and get them saved and sanctified and filled with the Holy Spirit, then that's what we want to do. So if we've got to change out carpet and chairs, I don't care. I just want our people on the Central Coast, our young people reach for the kingdom. So um, it'll look a little bit different when you come on campus, but mostly we're going to video feed still to the loft on Sunday morning. So if you want to drop your kids off and still be in the loft venue, uh, for those of you who are in the loft, you don't have to go anywhere. You can just stay there. But um, we encourage you to go check out the space. So literally, it's a one minute walk from here. You just go down to 102 down the corner. You know where the Village Grill is? Right before that, the building was before this something different the something different sign is still up there, so go check it out. We spent all day long yesterday demoing the building, taking out walls, and all kinds of stuff, and uh, we took seven dump trucks, or seven dump trailers full of stuff out of there yesterday, so it's really coming together. So with that, let's go ahead and stand up. With that, let's go invite the worship team. We're gonna worship, and then if you're a part of the prayer team and you wanna pray for people, make sure, make sure you're, you're available for that as well. And, um, and then when it's all said and done, just take the time to walk over and see that new space. It's gonna be really worthwhile. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing, for who you are. We love you. Pray that uh, we'd be people of faith in every area and arena of our lives. We love you in Jesus, Jesus' name. Amen, amen.
1: pieces, broken and scattered, in mercy gathered, mended and whole. Empty-handed, but not forsaken, I've been sent You don't care.
0: Jesus we give you our hearts this morning would you bless us throughout this week and remind us that you are faithful Lord that you are always with us every step of the way and so we look to you Jesus for those leaps of faith God would you remind us that you are carrying us that you cover us under the shadow of your wing you provide for our needs God you give us those mercies that are new for each day and so thank you for meeting us here this morning In this hour, we love you and give you our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, happy Mother's Day. Hope you enjoy the rest of your day. If anyone would like some prayer this morning, we have a prayer team that would love to pray with you. So feel free to head on forward. Some folks will meet you here. Otherwise, say hello to somebody and have a beautiful day. We'll see you next week.